Hello and welcome to Therapy with Millennials. We're your hosts, Brittany and Malia. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about language learning. How exciting. Right. So what's that? (laughs) (laughs) So Malia and I are actually both learning a language or some of us are overachieving and learning (laughs) more than one language. And regretting our life choices. (laughs) So since it's something that we're constantly doing we thought it's something we could share with everyone and talk about our struggles our highs um yeah just our experience in general mm-hmm. i think a good place to start though would be like have we have you had any previous like language learning and if so like what kinds because i know for me i the first language i think I, I was really working on was spanish so a little history i i was raised originally raised in florida which has a large hispanic population and then i moved to texas which again also has a very large hispanic population so spanish was my first language um, other than english that i learned and then when we moved to texas i picked up uh asl american sign language for church actually we had an interpreter that was a previous missionary that came um back to the states and ended up working um with our church that ended up teaching me and a friend sign language so i know like songs in sign language but i never really learned the language so picked up sign language then then in high school because i was homeschooled and to all my homeschoolers who are overachievers let me hear a hearty amen i was like you know what why not learn my top six languages in um my high school year so my freshman year i did uh, intermediate spanish and then also took basic French. The For my sophomore year, I took um, French and a little bit of Italian. And then because I was starting to forget the sign language for my junior and senior year of high school, I did um, sign language and Spanish for those two years. <clears throat> and then since then, because I didn't really work on it in college and didn't really need a language for college, I didn't really work on anything else after that. And I just, I found myself getting into these scenarios where I'd be in either in conversations or overhear conversations in Spanish or see some in sign language and not, and realize, oh my gosh, I don't understand a thing of what they're saying. Like outside of basic introductions, like I've lost everything. And that was like really humbling. It really is true that what you don't use, you lose um, because your brain makes space for other things. (laughs) So I would just... I really was convicted um, that I need to know languages that are not my own. I need to be pushed outside of my comfort zone. And so last year was Spanish and sign language. Some stuff went down and I really only focused on like sign language from the, from the standpoint of like learning songs, but not necessarily the language. Spanish kind of went to this, to the wayside this year. I was like, okay, I want to learn Spanish. And at the time I was like, okay, do I want to learn Mandarin or Korean? Because at the time I was watching a lot of Mandarin speaking shows, um, but I was also listening to K-pop and like watching some Korean shows as well. And because my roommate is, one of my roommates is actually Korean and I have a lot of friends like Brittany and another friend of ours um, that can speak or are learning Korean. I was like, why not just do Korean? That'll be, you know, hopefully easier because I'm hearing it (laughs) from them. And then also I kind of want to create a scenario with me and my roommate where we can talk in her native language instead of her always speaking in mine. And for me, I took Spanish twice in 
um, well, actually, we took Spanish once in kindergarten and did not have it again until high school, which mm -hmm. I really hate. Hey, I wish we had had, if I had Spanish from kindergarten until, mm -hmm. you know, I definitely would have been fluent by the end. Kids pick up languages so much quicker. Mm -hmm. um, but I had it in kindergarten and then I had it twice in high school and then twice in college. And I still can only do your basic, mm -hmm. you know, and very, very slow conversation maybe with it. Um, I've always been interested in languages, though. I like learning them. Uh, whenever I would travel somewhere, I would learn a little bit of the place that I was traveling to. So when I went to Haiti, I learned a little bit of French Creole, but forgot all of that when I came back. Mm -hmm. um, Honduras, Spanish again. Mm -hmm. um, going to Greece, trying to learn some Greek. Um, don't remember any of it as well. And then I went to Israel for college, for I mean, for grad school, and learned a little bit of Hebrew. I would have learned more because I was there for a year, but I was with an international school, so I never got to really practice mm -hmm. any Hebrew. I've forgotten most of it as well. I, can, I know you're simple. I know, like, very basic, hello, thank you, goodbye, where's the bathroom? <laughs> like, survival <laughs> phrases, you know? <laughs> Um, but <laughs> while I was in Israel, I got very interested in K-pop. Um, and then because of K-pop, I got very interested in Korean culture. And because of our mutual friend who was working with Korean co-workers, a Korean organization where I now work, um, there was more access to Korean. Mm. And it's just a culture that I'm very interested in. It's a place I want to travel. And so I started um, teaching myself Korean. And then I was able to take a course in it since 2018 or a class, um, but mostly been teaching myself and, and uh, using a tutor, hiring a tutor. And so Korean has become the first language that I am becoming more and more capable in. Um, I wouldn't say like, of course I'm not fluent, um, but I can have maybe beginner intermediate conversation um, with someone in Korean and I've decided, okay, I want to make this my second language. I want to um, become conversational in it. I don't need to be fluent, but I want to become conversational so that if I move to Korea, um, I'm already prepared. Mm. Um, and I am thinking of taking on a, sec a third language. Um, I know it's like later in our lives and everything, but I would like to at least learn one more language. Um, but for me, I need to focus on one at a time. Mm. Um, so I don't know how Malia's doing it with <laughs> two at a time learning Spanish and Korean. I think um, I think some of it helps that I've always kind of had Spanish in my life. So some of it, as I'm noticing now, a lot of it for me is like review. It's like, oh, that's what that's called. I remember what that's called. Or I'll know what the word is, but I don't, won't remember what it's like connotating to. And then in my studies i'm noticing oh okay but yeah I, i've realized that i need something else and i've recently within the last couple of years made it another language because if i get stuck in one language i'll reach a point where i'm just like this is too hard i can't do it mm -hmm. and if i have another one that i'm like working on at the same time or excelling at better then it makes me work harder than the other one to be like okay i'm at this point in this language i want to be at that point in the other one and since i'm farther in spanish um, I'm working, trying to work harder in Korean, but 
Lord help us all. <laughs> so I'm more, I'm more like if I start learning another language now, I'll lose focus in the other one. And then I won't learn the other one as fully. And because I want to learn Korean more fully and it, it be like an actual like second language for me, then I need to focus like solely on that one. Otherwise I can't devote my time. I can't devote my time to both. Mm. I think another thing that helps me though is I have so many people, well, I say so many, but I have enough people that are really close to me that are really into slash speaking Korean and I don't have anyone really who speaks Spanish to me. And so it's something else to kind of like redirect where I have that training or that at least able to listen to Korean speaking from other people. So I really have to be intentional with the mm -hmm. Spanish part. So I think that that also helps. But yeah, I'm slightly a overachiever. <laughs> I might wing three for those of you who are really concerned about Enneagram. So yeah, the achiever, I relate to y'all so hardcore. Like you got to get stuff done, man. <clears throat> so I mentioned previously, but I'll reiterate again. Um, my languages this year are Spanish and Korean. And I think for me, I really want Spanish to be the language, my second language. Um, because there was a time where I could speak it fairly well conversationally. I couldn't write it super well, um, but I could speak it fairly well. I could understand almost perfectly. Um, so I really want to be conversational and understand Spanish completely. I think for me, Korean is more of, I want to be conversational definitely, but I, I'm not sure if I'm fully committed, if that makes sense. Like I want to... I want to be able to have like full conversations with my roommate, but I'm not sure if I'm fully invested in the culture the way I am with Hispanic culture. Cause I've always lived in places that have Hispanic culture. And honestly, initially when I came to Alabama, that was one of my biggest shocks is that there was like no Hispanic people here. I was like, where are they? <laughs> uh, it's hard to find culture here in Montgomery. And until you start working at certain places, like I didn't even know there was a Korean population here until working with, uh, the organization that I'm at now. So, you know, there's definitely a Hispanic culture here. It's just hard to, to find it, to find. Yeah. Do you think that that was one of the things that made you interested in other languages is that, well, no, you've lived in Georgia. You lived in Georgia before Alabama. So do you feel like that influenced you wanting to learn other and languages? Actually in Georgia, in the small town that we're in, a good majority of the population, the minority is Hispanic. So my my sister grew up with her best her best friend's family is like her second family, and they're from Mexico. They're all Hispanic. Oh, okay. And uh, well, the mom is from Mexico. The kids are um, Mexican American, but they speak. She speaks Spanish, and her best friend speaks Spanish. Um, but we never, both of us, never really learned. But we're around that family and stuff. But for some reason, Spanish never really clicked with me. Or I did like, I, I just, I don't know, I've loved learning different languages. Mm -hmm. um, I think specifically with learning Hebrew and Korean, the fact that it's not an alpha, our alphabet. Um, and then learning about the cultures and, you know me, I love, so I love traveling. I love experiencing other places. Mm -hmm. um, when I was a child, my tastes were very picky, uh, very like selective. And then as I grew up, I finally started to enjoy food and learning like to try everything. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing with traveling is that I get to try this authentic, real good food. Mm -hmm. um, so I always just, I love picking up little bits of languages and then was, you know, just decided, you know, I want to learn one fully. And it just happened to be 
Korean because I was so interested. And I still am so interested in the culture. Hmm. As soon as you mentioned food, I was like, oh, wait, is that the reason why I learned what languages I did? Because <laughs> I, I would go through phases with my food where I'm like, okay, American, Italian, Spanish, like, if you want to get real serious, like, Puerto Rican, hey. <laughs> um, and actual, um, like, Mexican food, and then, like, South American, all my brothers and sisters. Um, like, I I always had a Hispanic culture around me. I've already mentioned that. But then I realized that in a lot of ways I was dabbling. And while this is not a legitimate goal, if I could ask God for kind of anything, anything, one of my goals would be to speak every language because I just find, I find all of them so interesting in some way or fashion. Like even some of the harsher languages or what some people call the romantic languages. Like I, I see beauty and interest in all of them. So it's kind of hard for me to commit to one and be like, I'm going to learn this one and I'm going to be totally committed. I'm like, okay, I know enough in this one that I could, you know, God forbid I get kidnapped and get dropped in the country. I wouldn't die. I would look really stupid, but I wouldn't die. And so being older, I think I'm really realizing, okay, you have to commit to something. You have to know at least, you know, one or two. And also just real talk, adult talk, selling yourself, like sellability of yourself. Um, when you know more than one language is epic. Uh, when I was working at Disney, I learned five to six phrases in Spanish, Korean, Chinese, French and I don't remember right now, but um, I learned, you know, six phrases in all those languages and it got me through enough conversations that, you know, it wasn't awkward when people who didn't speak English would come up to me as, as a cast member and be like, you know, where's the bathroom or, you know, where's the bus? Cause I was working with transportation at the time. Um, you know, where's the bus or like, how do I get to Magic Kingdom? And I could tell them in their own language, you know, such and such and such and such. And it was something that, you know, I ended up getting uh, good reviews for at work is, oh, she spoke to me in Spanish or she spoke to me in Korean. And it's just like, this is so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's another way to relate to people because one of the frustrating things I have found, especially working, I work for a Korean, a nonprofit organization. And a lot of times when I go to talk to people about it, especially in the South here in Alabama, and I tell them where I, where I work, what I do, and I explain, I explain very clearly that we teach Korean. Mm -hmm. What they hear, though, is that I teach English to Koreans. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no. And the very common phrase I hear is something similar to, oh, well, you know, they're here in America. They should at least learn English. And I've explained this to Malia and other friends. It's the most frustrating thing for me because, of course, they're trying to learn English. Of course. Some of them come here already knowing way more English than I know Korean. And English is a hard language to learn. Mm -hmm. Hard language. When I try to explain it to my Korean friends, I'm like, there's a reason I'm not an English teacher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't tell you. Mm -hmm. So for people to say that to me, it gets me really angry because I'm like, why don't you at least try to learn some of their language to know what they're going through? Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think we have to meet them half, at least try to meet them halfway. Mm -hmm. And that's an important factor for me is to be able to speak to someone in their language, something they're comfortable in because they're trying their hardest to speak in a language that I'm comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And, and do I want to be this wrong? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell the <laughs> truth. I'll tell the truth. Why not? 
<laughs> it'll be what it'll be. That's what it's here for. I mean, you're right. <laughs> um, I can totally see my younger self, my young philosopher self, totally being like, you know, if you move somewhere else, you need to learn the language and not understanding like how hard that was mm -hmm. because, you know, younger brain, you can pick up languages way quicker. And then also just not understanding what it's like to fully give yourself over to another culture mm -hmm. and have that culture almost reject you slash make fun of you for even trying. Right. And so as I started picking up languages and noticing that how harsh people could be to other people who had, you know, left their family, left their home, left their culture, left their language to create a new life and how harsh people could be. But I was praised for even trying to be interested. And like, to be fully honest, a lot of times not even being fully committed, just showing slight and sometimes pathetic interest in mm -hmm. other cultures. And I was praised for that. My interest was nowhere near as committed as theirs was. Yeah. And so I just, I, I'm very humbled thinking back on like, I had no sympathy for that. And then also having, so recently, well, not recently, recently, but like two years ago, I went on my first mission trip to Honduras and being fully submerged in another culture, even though we had translators, was the freakiest thing of my life and not necessarily freaky as in I felt unsafe but it was just it is scary to not be able to ask for simple things that you need or want and it it was just the freakiest thing I remember um when we first got there they're like okay these are the four phrases you need to know the bathroom um the um security um, the name of the organization and it was like one other thing he's like these are the four phrases you need to know in Spanish before like we go anywhere in the city and I remember at one point we were working on this um, we were doing a medical clinic and I couldn't find the bathroom and I couldn't remember how to ask you know where the bathroom was in Spanish and one of the two languages there is Spanish is Spanish and Portuguese and I couldn't remember in either language how to ask where the bathroom was. And I remember this, this mom seeing me being kind of confused and a little freaked out because I wasn't necessarily with the, my group anymore. She was like, she just kind of grabbed my hand. She kind of looked at me like, trust me. And she got her daughter to come over who spoke some English. And between my broken Spanish and her broken English, we figured out bathroom. And she like showed me where the bathroom was. And it was just... It, it, it made me so acutely aware and thankful that I haven't really had to struggle with that. Like if I don't intentionally, and I feel like that's an issue in America is if you don't intentionally search out another culture, you will think you're the only one. Right. And so having to search out those other cultures, having to search out those other languages. And then again, like we're learning languages, me and Brittany and some of our friends that we're trying not to lose, having to be intentional about continuing to learn right. even is and hard. It's difficult. I only take tutoring one hour a week. Um, so in between that, I have to do the homework. I have to talk to people. And it's hard even in an organization where I talk to Korean people mm. because they know English so well. We just default to English and it would our work day would go so much slower if I tried to speak in Korean because I'm not at that level. Mm -hmm. um, so it's I also have a, cur a confidence issue when it comes to speaking it, mm -hmm. like writing it, 
listening to it, I can do that all day. Mm -hmm. When it comes to speaking it, I get more self-conscious. I'm worried mm -hmm. about if I pronounce something wrong. Offensive. Right, offensive. <laughs> if I say something wrong, you know, even though my coworkers are really nice and they're mm -hmm. good people, I still get nervous. Mm -hmm. But one thing I was talking, thinking about when you were talking about um, your experience, I, I've, I've traveled a good bit. And as I've traveled, I've taken it for advantage that English is a very wide spoken language besides, mm -hmm. you know, like Chinese and mm -hmm. one of the more widely spoken languages. I took that for granted when I traveled to Morocco. Definitely. Um, it was the first time that I realized, oh, not everyone speaks English as a second language or as a third language. No one in Morocco understood me. Like <laughs> They speak French Arabic or French Arabic. Right. Dude, right. that's so interesting. French and or Arabic or French Arabic. It's just like a mixture, you know? So, um, but yeah, so that was the first time it's like you, we couldn't translate anything. It was just me and my friend. We didn't know any Arabic. We don't know any French. She's Chinese. Mm -hmm. The most I knew how to say to her was hello in Chinese. So it was, it was interesting getting around. It was still possible. Body language gets you very far. Mm. Body language will get you very far. But yeah, it's the first time I took that for advantage and I realized, you know, I should at least try learning another mm. language, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially for people. And Korea is a little bit similar. Korea, um, I think as a whole, yes, people, I think more and more now they're learning English. But when you mm. go to Korea, you'll find it very easy, in my opinion, I think, to learn the language because not many people are going to speak to you in English. That was my struggle in uh, Israel. So in Israel, there are three main languages and you'll see them on the signs. It's Hebrew, Arabic, and then English. So almost every Israeli spoke English. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I, they know that I'm English, uh, I'm American, you know, they'll speak English to me. So like practicing my Hebrew wasn't, mm -hmm. wasn't easy. Unless you asked for it. Right. So, and then I never would ask for it, you know, and I didn't take classes while I was there because I was in my master's program. I didn't have the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you just have to be intentional, especially here in America where we're not around the culture all the time. We have to be intentional about continuing to learn. Mm -hmm. I think even to the extent of like even finding out maybe who we are, like as individuals, like I think it can be so easily easy to just look at ourselves and be like, oh, I'm American. That's it. And that's where it stops. I, I know, especially for me, um, sometimes I'll just kind of stop and be like, you know, I'm African-American and I'm, my name is Malia and I come from these people and that's it. But, you know, if you go further back, like, where do you come from? Like, what what cultures are you missing in and of yourself just by not tapping into those other parts of yourself? And I've been kind of curious, like, I wonder what's out there. I wonder if, like, Swahili is, like, a, a, a language that my family used to know. I, I wonder... Like if there's any Hispanic culture in, in our family. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I do, I do on a, on a very deep level, super connect to Hispanic culture. And I don't know if it's because I've always grown up in places that have had Hispanic culture or if it's like actually like in me. <clears throat> so. I think it's just, I think it's another like that I was, I just assumed like my heritage is like all white and all English. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who does that. They're like, my name is, my name is European, but my, like, my first and my last name is European. So I'm just basic white. <laughs> and I was like, you're probably something else. And every time I joke with him, I'm like, wouldn't it be so funny if you were like more African than I was? <laughs> I know that I have some Native American in me and that's other languages too. So, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'm like, maybe I should learn. Uh, yeah, I kind of get into like, you know, should we learn a language from our culture? Does it mm -hmm. matter? Like, is it bad if I learn a language from a different culture that's not mine? 
Um, Do you feel guilt about that? Because I, I think initially when I was learning languages, I did. There was a part of me that felt guilt that I was immersing myself intentionally in another language that wasn't necessarily associated with my race that I might not have had if it was like something else. Like if I had picked say Swahili or another African language, I think I would have gotten less beef from like extended family and like other peers who were like, mm. you know, you're black. Why are you learning Spanish? <laughs> and I think that's where it's different for me. And this is when we talk about race issues probably later on. I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind to like <laughs> think about like any other languages from my culture. I think most people just look at it and think, Oh, she's learning another language. That's cool. You know, mm-hmm. but maybe sometimes you'll get like a Y Korean, like why mm-hmm. like Korean. And then you explain it to them. And they're like, Oh, or the most prejudice of course, with like, why are you learning Korea? Because I'm a white woman is, Oh, cause of K-pop, right? Cause of these, <laughs> these cute men. And I, I start out with, yeah. <laughs> Let's just be but it, honest. But is that wrong? That's no, another question. That's no, not wrong. Yeah, if that was the only reason that I was learning this. Then language, you a thirsty little right. <laughs> that I could somehow talk to these people later. Then no. But you know, of course. That's, I mean, that's we pray is. and we confess the Lord that if he if he can make it happen, we will interview our favorite boys. But that's where the interest starts, right? That's where mm-hmm. the interest starts. But now I'm thinking, okay, I love to travel. I would like to be in Korea more than three months now, maybe live there for a year or two. I don't know. Um, I definitely like to go to. Yeah. Love to visit. You know, maybe I can find a job there. Um, Normally people go to teach English. I don't really want to do that, but, um, you know, find a job there with some Korean proficiency. But yeah, so I, no, I didn't think about it really. Hmm. I was wondering if that would be different because I think I, and I'm kind of going through a weird phase right now where I am becoming aware of the, this sounds so stupid. I'm becoming aware kind of of my blackness mm-hmm. <laughs> and how it's different and that how, especially in a place like Alabama, like you have some of those typical stereotypes of, you know, hicks, hillbillies, you know, racist, all this other stuff. And it was weird for me because when I first came here, I had never been to Alabama. And so I'm just thinking, oh, this is just another state. It's going to be fine. And all the racial tension was back in the day. Like, we're all good now. And honestly, in a lot of ways, I really didn't experience the the harshness of, like, civil unrest and stuff like that mm-hmm. until after I graduated. And noticing, oh, wow, everyone here is very, very white. Everyone here is very, very Black. And, like, noticing the lines like that. And so becoming aware self-aware enough to be like, you know, I might have to explain to someone why I'm picking these different languages. And it's because for me, culturally, Hispanic culture is a part of me. And I acknowledge that because of where I went to church, where I've lived in the past. And it's something that I personally do not want to lose. And also as someone who did go on her first mission trip and honestly loved it. It was so life-giving. I want to go again. And I'm thinking about, you know, going for like a year stint maybe. And I want to be proficient enough to make it and be safer than I probably was and saved by the grace of God and our translators who were awesome. Um, and be able to kind of be more helpful to other groups who might go there in the future. Okay. So let's get into like the logistics. I kind of want to talk about specifically with our languages, Spanish and Korean. What's hard, what's fun, or what's easy about them? 
Um, I think for me, Spanish, what's easy about Spanish is a lot of it is rehearing words that I've already heard, but just not knowing what they mean. So when I'm learning, I'm noticing, I'm like, oh, this song, because I typically will listen to Spanish music. Um, this song, I like, I know the chorus or I know the first verse or I know such and such and such and such, or this sign that I'll see that's both in English and Spanish. Oh, I can interpret most of it. So a lot of it is, oh, cool. These things that I didn't have context for, I'm understanding now. Um, another thing about Spanish that is fun or what was it? Challenging? Fun, easy. Fun, easy. Um, it uses mostly the original, like, English alphabet. There's like a couple of characters, like the um, accent, there's an accident in um, double I's and L's have a different translation. And there's accented vowels. But like the alphabet is basically the same. So I, unlike with Korean, God help me, <laughs> I can actually spell things if I hear it. Versus in Korean, I'm just like, oh God, what is that symbol? <laughs> So that that those are the two things that are pretty easy for me with Spanish. Um, do we go ahead and do the hard ones? Um, I think the hard thing about Spanish right now is just simply being in Alabama. And that sounds really, really harsh. And I don't mean it to be. But there is that I'm a part of no Hispanic culture here. Um, and that's really hard. I've never really lived in a place that was so distinctly one or the other before. And so it's really hard finding the other. <laughs> like when people would talk about on the news, uh, you need to be involved in the other, whatever you're not, you need to be involved in that. And I'm just like, oh, that's so easy. My neighbors are white. My um, neighbors are black. My neighbors are Hispanic. They speak Italian and, and French and Spanish and English. Like, what do you mean there's no culture? And now I'm here. <laughs> And I'm like, I only hear English and sometimes not good English <laughs> and I'd never hear anything else. Um, so it's being intentional. It can be really, really hard to like, I'm going to intentionally pour myself into something else when, you know, I, I still have a job that I have and I still have to get stuff done on the weekends and the weekdays, but I need to carve out the time to learn Spanish. How about you with Korean? Um, for me, Korean, the hardest part is, well, let's start with the easy, actually. The easiest part um, is the access that I have to it. And I'm trying to think what's easy about it. <laughs> I will say I picked up on the alphabet much quicker, I think, than most people. Um, if you could see my face, we might make this a visual podcast because I need you to see my face when I react to her with stuff she the, says. The alphabet, the alphabet is difficult. The pronunciation is difficult. But I think the reason that I did so well is that I picked up on it so much quicker, I think, than normally people do. Mm. But now that I'm into it, pronunciation is difficult. Like, it's hard. And I mess up. And I get lazy, too. And so... I'm over here listening to my friend who's more advanced than I am and listening to her pronunciation. And I'm like, dang, I don't know what I'm saying. Like I can't. Mm -hmm. So the pronunciation is really hard, but nowadays the hardest part is the time, the practice. Mm -hmm. um, many times, many times I'm texting my teacher and I'm like my tutor. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, homework is going to be late today. 
Like, you're only getting it, like, a few hours before I have to meet with you. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of homework. So, I have to be so much more intentional about my time. It's the same goes for at work. Um, There's, I have four Korean coworkers. I should, well, five Korean coworkers. I should be able to speak to them in Korean. But just last week, you know, I tried speaking with my friend or I told them, told I'm going to speak as much Korean as possible. And they were like, okay, great. So they started speaking to me. You have to be intentional about it. You can't just expect them to speak Mm -hmm. to you. So I started speaking to them. But then I got, it was a very bad week. I got very tired. I got very lazy and I barely answered him. And so this week he comes in speaking all English to me all of a sudden. I was like, dang it, I messed up. I got to start over again. You know, I have to be more intentional about my Mm -hmm. studying. But it also just came a little easier to me, I guess. I don't know. I just enjoy learning. It's just, I don't know. It's just very interesting. So I think the fact that it's interesting to me has made it fun and easy as far as like figuring out once you get the idea, because the structure is different too, um, it becomes a little easier. And I think that was another thing for me, even though in Spanish, it's a little, the student structure is a little different too. I think that was one of the things that was hard for me is that sentence structure and the the symbols and the language right. is so different. In Spanish, it's like it's the same characters. You're using similar characters and they have similar sounds and stuff. But sometimes your structure is different. And just with Korean, I feel like it's throwing all of my things like out right. the window. And something that you said before when you've been studying is, you know, I'm trying to think and or write in Korean. And that's really hard. I know when I started thinking, um, and actually when I was over in Honduras um, for the mission trip, halfway through, I started dreaming in Spanish. And I wouldn't understand it fully, but I would start dreaming in Spanish. And that was so interesting. Oh, yeah. I definitely have dreams in Korean still. And in my dreams, I fully understand the Korean. (laughs) But if that was in real life, I would understand none of it. But that's one of the signs that people tell you when you're really starting to learn a language is when you start dreaming in it. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely one of my hardest things with Korean is just that like everything is different Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to not make it. I feel like especially for me with Korean, it could become a thing of so I a while ago I was into calligraphy. I could get into the symbols, but I feel like I could drop the language. And I really don't want to get to that point where I get into the characters and what it looks like so much that I'm not learning. And as adults, we make language so much more difficult. That's why I really want um, my future kids to learn a second language early on. Mm-hmm. Um, have a tutor or a nanny or someone who speaks to them in another language, at least speaking to them. It makes it so hard because as adults, we want to question every mm-hmm. little thing. You want to question, well, why is it like that? Why is it like this when it's not? Why is it not like English? Because it's not, not English. English. <laughs> it's a completely different language. You can't question, you know, every little thing. And that's Me and my girl. Korean tutor. <laughs> that, that, that does not look like English. And she literally looked at me and was like, because well, it's not English. I was like, you know what? That's solid. Respect. <laughs> Respect. Right. So we always have these questions and it's like, you can't relate it to English, especially mm-hmm. with Korean because the sentence, mm-hmm. like you said, the sentence structure is different. The alphabet is different. Mm-hmm. In Korean, uh, they don't have a lot of the same words, uh, alphabets as we do. Mm-hmm. So like P, there's, there's no, um, sorry, there's no F sound. So they substitute it with a P. 
there's no Z sound. So they substance mm. on it with like a J sound. Mm. Um, just like stuff like that. So mm. you can't, you can't relate it to English. And mm. that sucks because it's the language you know. <laughs> uh-huh. I, 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 think the, I think that was one thing that when I initially like fully committed and I like told Brittany and told like my roommate, I'm like, listen, I think I'm going to like actually go in on this, like try to find a tutor and all this stuff. That was one thing early on that I really just had to be like, you know what? It's not English. And that sounds really stupid to say it out loud now. But like you really do with some languages have to just be like, you know what? I'm literally a toddler. I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around in a world that if, God forbid, <laughs> everyone starts speaking this other language, I would be in a heck of trouble. And I need to learn in a, kind of in a hurry, like not like life or death hurry, but like I need to learn this, pick this up and realize that I can't compare this to my past experiences. Like it's completely new and different. And so going off of that, I'm very curious. What are your goals in the future? Like, do you want to keep, is like Korean, like your only language or your one that you're going hard for for the next couple of years? Or are you going after some other things or like? Well, like like I said earlier, like Korean, I want to learn as completely as possible enough to have conversation with people um, so that I can just keep progressing if I move to Korea. Um, we've discussed this. I think we're both wanting to learn Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to go back to Hebrew. I want to go back to Israel. Um, so I've never been. I'm trying to get her to take <laughs> me. It's fine. <laughs> so I definitely want to go back to Hebrew. Um, I think we talked about doing it for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's where I struggle again because I, I feel, knowing me, I need to just learn one language at a time. But I'm like, where do I start learning a second language, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at an intermediate maybe level with Korean. So I'm like, maybe I can pick up Korean, uh, Hebrew now. Um, but definitely I want to learn Korean and Hebrew. Mm. I think for me right now, um, I would, if I'm being fully honest, I want, I want to be able to say I'm doing them both equally, mm-hmm. but realistically I'm probably two thirds in on Spanish and a third in on Korean. And I'm starting with homework that I have to do tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm starting to see that. And I think I, I, it does need to be more even like 50, 50. Um, so that's one of my goals kind of for the rest of the year is to truly be 50 50 in on Spanish and Korean. I think definitely for next year though, I want to be more in on Spanish. Well, I say that kind of depending on how this year goes with Spanish and Korean, whichever one is more advanced is the one that I'm probably, I hate to say drop, but it's going to be the one that I stop studying it as right, much. Right. And then I'm going to continue with whichever one I'm more of a beginner at. And then I want to pick up Hebrew because my goal with Hebrew, and I actually do have, I feel like more of a concrete goal with Hebrew is to be able to read my favorite chapters in scripture mm-hmm. and have like a half, half English, half Hebrew Bible yeah. is my goal. Um, so yeah, that's going to be exciting. I feel like what's going to happen though, much like with Korean, I feel she's going to pass me up and I'm going to be less motivated. <laughs> Which is fine. And Your I friends can, can be better at I things know, than you are. I can already <laughs> tell you, like, learning Hebrew, because I already know the alphabet, is going to be another struggle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this time it's a struggle because not only is the alphabet not uh, an, uh, an English alphabet, we also, Hebrew writes backwards. So, <laughs> and see, oddly <laughs> enough, backwards for us, let me get that straight, backwards for us, not backwards for them. They write from, what, right, right to left. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, in some weird way, I feel like that would be better. <laughs> I know it sounds totally backwards and stupid, but I feel like the fact that it's like literally backwards, no offense to anyone who speaks Hebrew or is their native tongue, but like the fact that it's legitimately backwards is going to help me be like, okay, it's totally different. Right. And not try to compare it. <laughs> so as we wrap up today's episode, we want to know what languages are you learning? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, what's easy about it? What's difficult about it? What made you want to learn it? Just let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What apps are you using too? Because that's right. another thing about the easy and hard thing is having people to talk to. Um, right now I'm using, not sponsored by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm using uh, Tandem uh, to talk to people in Spanish, which is helping. Um, and I'm using Rosetta Stone. They had had a special recently to own the, the product in different languages. And it's how I practice my Spanish and my Korean actually right now. And for me, I... Try tandem. I've tried speaking ones with people, but I just never have the time. And I, we never are on the same time zone or time schedule. Yeah. Um, so I have found, I was using Memorize for a while. And then I ended up buying this app called Falou, F-A-L-O-U. And it breaks down this conversation in three different sections where you listen to it and then it gives you your prompt and you answer, you speak and you answer and it's written for you. The next time, it's written, but you have to like piece together the text and put it in the right order. You learn new words. And then the last one is without the text at all. You can listen, re-listen to the recording, but instead you just record yourself answering back. Mm. So it goes with different subjects. And so I ended up buying that one and I'm enjoying that one right now, as long as I'm actually, you know, learning from it instead of Mm. just repeating what's being told. Um, But yeah, let us know what apps you're using. What language are you learning? Uh, Let us know. Mm Mm-hmm. This will be fun. I can't wait to, hopefully y'all will respond to us maybe in like Spanish and Korean. That would be yeah, so cool. If you're, if you're learning Spanish or Korean, please comment. And yes. We'll try to comment back. Yes. To practice. Or if that's your language, let us know. That would be so cool. Please tell us where you're listening from. That would be fun. So we'll see you guys uh, in our next episode. Yep. Bye. Bye.